Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the Cloverfield Paradox on today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. This one isn't going to take very long. It's a very... It's going to be a short episode. The Cloverfield Paradox. It was rumored, you know, we've had different titles for it. uh, Cloverfield Station, The God Particle, all these kind of things. uh, For a long time now. uh, I think about a year, maybe. And no one really had any more information uh, outside of that. It was rumored to be coming out this spring. And, you know, dates kept getting moved around, pushed back brought forward and then during the Super Bowl they dropped a teaser for it I didn't see it but Twitter blew up so I I found out that way and the movie was coming out that night after the Super Bowl on Netflix which is just phenomenal marketing Uh, that's unheard of that's never happened before Netflix killed it with their game for marketing and you know in true Cloverfield fashion, like all of these movies, Cloverfield, Clover, 10 Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield Paradox have had really great release schedules and really um, surprised fans that way, at the very least. Now, the first two films in doing so were also pretty good, uh, great even, I would, in my opinion. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane won two awards um, at the Circle of Film Awards 2016, whereas... Um, I think Cloverfield is also pretty good. I expect it to get a nomination there, at least one, uh, when we get back that <laughs> that many years. So it's it's you know you go into this. I at least I went into the third Cloverfield movie with some decent expectations. They weren't like off the charts or anything, but uh, they were more than zero. And I ended up watching the movie the morning after. Uh, waiting for my girlfriend to get back from work. So, no, you know, not that I minded. And, man, I was just totally, totally let down. Totally let down. The movie doesn't really... It has no characters. That is the issue. Here's the thing. The first movie has characters... And they're interacting with this huge thing that has appeared in their city and the devastation it has wrought. Uh, The second movie, characters, uh, three incredible characters, beautifully realized by fantastic actors. And they each get fantastic resolution. Third movie has a great cast, but... Yeah, the the characters are like nothing. They don't really exist. And when they have the chance to make decisions, they make illogical ones that don't even make sense on an emotional level. And it's very, very frustrating. It was very frustrating to watch. I was not enjoying it. Didn't like it. Didn't have a good time. But here's the thing. So it's not a the best movie. It's not a good movie. The things that it does have going for it, though, are all separate from the product itself. You know, they have nothing to do with the film aspect. You know, the cast is 
good cast and it's diverse and the director is not a white male you know and he it's it's the writer is not a white male so there's a lot of representation and diversity amongst the crew and cast and and filmmakers and that's a good thing that's a positive thing and I, i'm happy about that and the marketing campaign the marketing strategy was phenomenal you know it was game changing honestly and that's awesome i love that and the way that this movie fits into the cloverfield universe and cloverfield timeline is interesting to think about and makes you try to put together this puzzle and try to solve some questions that have continued to plague this franchise since it began and while this doesn't really answer many of them or any of them the added dimensions it gives to predicting and estimating those answers is appreciated you know i'm i'm happy to have more information even if it is very very flawed information and finally the only positive thing that really came from the movie itself in my opinion uh is is also incredibly flawed but it is positive in that, um, and I'll try, I think I can say this without spoiling it, but Elizabeth Debicki's character and Gugu Mbatha Raw's characters are diametrically opposed uh, at a point in the film toward the end. And one of them is willing to sacrifice the few for the many, uh, which is, you know, that is a common thing we've seen in sort of end of the world, saving the world type of movies. You risk a few lives to save a lot of lives and uh, tough people make those decisions and they don't always make the right ones um the other character however is willing to give up many lives in favor of a few which is not as frequently seen and this was like an incredible uh uh sort of just parallel but going in the opposite directions uh pair of characters where the movie really doesn't give it kind of paints itself into a situation where once we kind of realize that that is the situation we're in between these two characters that it doesn't get the doesn't really give it any any sort of chance in order to dive into that idea and, and explore that more based on like what's currently going on and I really, really wish it had. Because that is the most interesting element introduced into the movie, in my opinion. Just the way that these two characters work against each other. But their goals are so, so close to being the same. And they approach their, their, their minds are approaching this dilemma in such different ways that I wish we had a real conversation or, or, or multiple conversations regarding that issue because that's interesting. That was that's something that I think is is cool and, and interesting, which the rest of the film really doesn't have. Uh, most of the rest of the film is incredibly predictable, with uh, you know you know styleless homages to old films like aliens and and a lot of other sci-fi classics that are far better and the moments that are supposed to surprise you save for in my opinion the first one which involves 
uh, a, a sort of shrieking sound, and the reveal of that was about the only surprise I had in the whole movie, is, I don't know, it's just like, it's just checking off, like, okay, it's a sci-fi movie, we're in space, okay, check off this box, check off this box, check off this box, check off this box, you know, you've got multiple scenes that reference Alien, you know, you've got something being sucked out of a window, you've got something bursting out of a chest, uh, or bursting out of a body, to be specific, um, it's, it's just, it's just frustrating, it's, it's just frustrating, not specific, I meant accurate, not specific, and, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's tough, because I don't think, it's, it's, Curious because I think the Cloverfield franchise, if you won't even call it that, is kind of immune to this sort of a critical failure. I think the movies are disjointed enough and separate enough that if they released another Cloverfield movie, it wouldn't have the baggage of Paradox on it. I don't think that would happen. But it's it's still going to be difficult and, and tough to... I mean, I don't know what the next sort of marketing ploy is going to be for Cloverfield 4. Assuming there is a Cloverfield 4, which, I mean, maybe there isn't. But with Netflix backing this one and considering how much traffic it apparently got last night, if you kind of, like, kept keep tabs on things like that, I think it's bound to get another movie the same way Bright did. You know, Bright made no money, sort of. And but you know, hundred, you know, tens of millions of people saw it. So that's that's a big deal. That's a significant thing. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. It's I mean, I guess like hold on. As one of the uh, I think what nine nine movies from 2018 that I've seen so far, it currently holds nine. Circle of Film Award nominations. Uh, so director, lead actress, or lead actor for Gugu Mbatha Raw, screenplay, tactile special effects, uh, best scene with the thing in the wall scene, uh, and then three supporting, is that right? Three supporting nominations. Um, let me see if I can find those real quick. Because... Because, like, the actors are fine. Like, they're not doing... Most of them aren't really doing anything wrong. You've got uh, David Oyelowo, Elizabeth Debicki, and Chris O'Dowd all getting in at this moment. But again, nine films. None of them are good yet. You know, we're still waiting on... You know, none of them are above a score of 40 for me at this point. So, I think it's highly unlikely that we see a movie... Um, from any of this, from any of these current nominations, make it to the end of the year, because all of them are rated lower than any movie that has a nomination for any other year, including years I don't haven't haven't officially finished with yet. With the current lowest uh, being the Water Diviner from 2014, which only got nominated for Best Original Song. So that's where this is at. That's where. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox is finishing for me, and, you know, if your mileage varies, that's great, um, obviously, I, like, I, I've said this in the past, like, I don't want people to dislike the movie, like, that doesn't make sense to me, but I do think that this one isn't very good, so if you haven't seen it, because you didn't buy into the hype, 
or you missed the teaser or whatever the case may be, uh, I don't recommend it. I just don't. So that's Cloverfield Paradox, the Cloverfield Paradox. And I rated it a whopping 15. So take that for what you will. Uh, let's, uh, I told you it was short. Um, let's move on from that to this week's Fantasy Movie League update. We sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights. A technicolor world made out of music and sheen. I mean, how hard can that be? Fantasy Movie League just finished week number 10. Uh, in the awards 18 season it was a barn burner let me tell you it was the record lowest scoring week for our top performer uh, who is yo jrb this week uh, with a score of 48 million two hundred fifty six thousand seven hundred and sixty eight dollars breaking the lowest record set exactly one year ago in the award 17 week 10 uh, week, which uh, was set, which was about two hundred thousand dollars more set by me, Plexi. Uh, uh, that being said, no one really did well. Uh, no one outside of two people who had an actual playable lineup got less than thirty million dollars or more than fifty. So, pretty pretty weak week, and the BP was 12 strong, which was only played by two people, <clears throat> uh, neither neither of which was Yo JRB, who won the week, so like no one was kind of intentionally playing it as their BP, uh, which also means that Director's Cut is still sitting at 33 best performers this season, uh, missing having zero the last two weeks in a row, and looking forward, and, and still missing out on a, a breaking the record set by um, set in the summer this year by Rybone who had 38 everyone who was above 90% of a perfect season has now dropped below it after these two shitty weeks we just had Rybone is still in the lead for the fourth week in a row making this their 14th straight week in a row or 14th week leading our league uh, and uh, that ties Plexi for total weeks led uh, in league history um, it is the first week that YoJRB has won this season and it is th- his fourth fifth week leading the league ever which is good enough for a tie with Shaubin for fourth place that's pretty cool um, but outside of that, like, there's really nothing interesting going on here, you know, uh, Rybone gained two million, about two million dollars on everyone, the second, third, fourth, and fifth place person, uh, Plexi beat Rybone by 700k, Perksplex beat, uh, the second, third, and fourth place person by, like, um, just under two million, like, I don't know, it was, like, all pretty negligible gains and losses in the top, top half, and 
elsewhere, you know, like even a $7 million gain at this stage of the game isn't really enough to gain a spot. Like YoJRB was the only person in the top 20 to move up. Uh, and uh, they only moved up one spot. So not an exciting week. Projections currently put Rybone as our winner with a $23 million end game lead over Shawbin. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, Kill Music is nipping on Shawbin's heels projected in the projected score by just $2 million. So the deviation would definitely be able to put him into second place uh, if things go his way. But uh, the biggest question mark kind of right now is Rahman, who is projected to finish in fourth, but has a huge deviation of almost $16 million, uh, and that could uh, could mean fireworks. We have three weeks left, and finally we get some like real new movies coming out this weekend with Fifty Shades pretty much guaranteed, I'd say, to make $30 million, if not kind of go much higher, go to the upper 30s, maybe 40 uh, Peter Rabbit and 1517 to Paris are big unknowns. Uh, neither one of them has previews, so it's going to be a huge question mark uh, whether or not we want to you want to screen those in your cineplexes this week. But it's going to be week 12 and week 13 that decide this season, it seems like, once Black Panther comes out. That's going to be exciting. After two weeks, probably three straight weeks without with a perfect cineplex being less than um being less than a hundred million dollars i can't imagine week 12 and 13 not being significantly over a hundred million dollars so that'll be fun super excited for that uh really apprehensive about this week we need a lot more information at this point than we have to figure it out at least i do um so yeah pretty dull week but Things are trending back upward, and then we hit the spring season, and that's a much more exciting season than uh, than the end of the award season, in my opinion. So, uh, that's it. That's the update. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I uh, appreciate everybody who listens, and I hope uh, you'll stick around. If you want to get in touch with me uh, for any reason at all, uh, including, but not limited to, sending me your top list of best movies, favorite movies, um, I can be contacted through email, uh, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or on Twitter, at circleoffilm. If you would like to check out the website, check out the Circle of Film Awards, check out all this other stuff, uh, you can head over to circleoffilm.com to find out all of that. And if you'd like to support the show uh, and uh, keep this thing afloat, you can go to patreon.com slash circleoffilm. Thanks once more, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails.